0: Welcome to the Walkie Talkie Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Matt. And we are going to talkie some walkies. Yeah. So we have recently watched Season 8, Episode 3, Monsters. Last week we were talking about the damned. This week, monsters.
1: Damned monsters. <laughs> Who who's the real monsters in this show? Mm. That's it's a meta question. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> not the zombies. No. <laughs> Definitely not. All right. So why don't we do a quick quick first impression or uh, mm-hmm. yeah quick overview impression? Um, I'll let you start.
1: Um, Out of all three episodes, I like this one the best. Got it. I didn't love this episode, Mm -hmm. but while I was watching it, I noticed myself engaged. Mm -hmm. I noticed myself having um, emotional reactions and responses. I... I uh felt myself rolling my eyes less. Mm-hmm. Uh and I actually took notes. And I had planned on doing a rewatch. I just didn't get around to it this week was really busy for me. Uh but I had planned on doing a rewatch. That's, you know, that's saying something. Yeah. Cuz past two episodes I hadn't. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think there are some grave errors that the writers and director for this episode made. Uh, Nicotero, right?
0: Oh, I'm not sure. I didn't look it up.
1: I think it was Nicotero. The whole um, back and forth um, time jump with Ezekiel. Not a fan of that. They they telegraphed the ending pretty hard. And it didn't do anything for me. I kind of knew it was coming.
0: You're talking about the very end of the episode? You're saying was telegraphed? Yeah. Okay. You're not necessarily talking about just the like artsy editing that they did in the cold open.
1: Right. I think that was that was projecting what they had wanted to to keep a secret a little bit throughout the whole whole thing with um Ezekiel talking about the smiling and the, you know, not one of us has died. Not one of us is not seriously, not one. We will we will lose <laughs> not one of our yeah. ranks. Yeah. Can you say that enough, Ezekiel? <laughs> so, the things that... Okay, uh, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll give you uh, one thing I really liked and one thing I didn't care about. The thing I didn't really care about was Eric and Aaron. Okay, I love Aaron's character. Yeah, me too. To pieces. I, I he ever since he came on screen, he has intrigued me. I remember the first time he came on, I was like, "This guy's evil." You know <laughs> I didn't trust him at all, remember, um
0: remember he wouldn't eat the applesauce <laughs>
1: right, oh man dude, just i totally, just swallow it I like totally forgot what are you thinking? <laughs> totally forgot, um, yeah, that was bad, and uh i yeah, I love his character. the- w- writers never got me to care about Eric, not once, okay, they never had done mm-hmm. anything for me to really. Truly care about their relationship. So when it came time for the passing of, of Eric, I didn't feel at all. Yeah. It was just like, okay, well, so you're you're dying. This is something that happens, especially for characters that we don't care about, you know. It, but the thing that I loved in this episode was Daryl and Rick. Okay. Yeah. That was – there was a. Uh, – we'll get into this because I have a lot of thoughts on this. But that was by far the most clever thing that I think they've done in a long time. Okay. So what did you think?
0: I think we're on pretty similar wavelength. Okay. I also thought this was the best episode so far this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty caught up in what was happening. hmm I didn't, definitely did not find myself eye-rolling anywhere as much. And one of the things that made me... Really think that this was a good episode was the fact that it did not do anything with the still lingering issue of Negan and Gabriel, and yet I did not think about that. I never even thought about it until the episode was over. Really? <clears throat> yeah. No, it didn't even cross my mind. Hmm. You know, coming into the episode, that was the one thing that I was thinking about. Oh, I want to see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. And but I was kind of caught up enough in the episode that uh, when it ended, I i realized oh that didn't happen but i just never i never cared and also the more i've reflected on the episode the more i realized that there were lots of different things that happened and i appreciate that after last season's just Mm -hmm. incredibly slow pace um and um so if there's one thing this season has gotten right so far i think it's it's juggling you know, multiple things at
1: once. ABC stories and yeah,
0: yeah, and to actually now have been gone three episodes in a row with them doing that. Yeah, is we haven't had that happen in probably a couple seasons. Yeah,
1: it's true. So it's true
0: um, that I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's I think it's the best one so far. But you know, some of the. Um, I still have some some significant issues that we'll talk about, but I almost feel like it's not worth getting that upset about them because the problems were already established in the previous episodes. All right. And now they just have to play out, i.e., Jesus' yeah. Jesus's behavior being kind of inexplicable. Well, right. I was mad about that last week. It's still weird to me, but I mm-hmm. don't care as much now because there's no sense in just being upset about it. I'd rather just let it unfold now with, okay, Jesus is this kind of guy. All right, <laughs> all
1: right. You know, so you're just buying into it.
0: Yeah, I'm choosing to buy into it. Otherwise, I'm just going to be upset all season. So,
1: mm.
0: you know, okay. But anyway, so let's let's take it from the top. Um, we started with the cold open of Ezekiel's speech, and as usual, they they don't do things straightforwardly. They got to kind of cut it up and have Ezekiel giving the preparatory speech while we're seeing the way things turned out um, right. and things are going very well for our kingdom folks they are um they are winning and they are not losing one of their ranks um i i did have to say though like i thought i found it kind of ironic that the way that they were portrayed as winning was by basically violating one of the few rules of combat which is like if somebody is surrendering you know, it's supposed to be a legitimate thing and you're not supposed to, like, be attacking them and they're not supposed to Wait, attack Wait, Who surrendered? Because the, surrendered? the kingdom people, when the savior showed up, they all, like, put up their hands and they, like, started to mm-hmm. get down. But then there were other kingdom people that were hit it, hidden on the perimeter. And so when the savior started to come in, those people came up and shot
1: them all. Right. Yeah. That, that's a violation in warfare?
0: Well, I mean, it's pretty cheap you know usually like if somebody puts their hands up that's the way of saying like okay we're we're surrendering and then the other the other side can be like okay you're recognizing you're surrendering you're done and so then they can move in and like take you as prisoner or whatever mm. but then like all of a sudden there are all those people hidden with the guns and they just like you know killed them all mm. so i mean <clears throat> we can debate the ethics of of war and that sort of thing but sure it did seem to me like i don't know it was uh, like that was beneath given him. that our side is supposed to kind of represent honor and that sort of thing, which King Ezekiel is all about, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, at least pseudo honor, pseudo honor, right? Yeah. So you you really felt like they were telegraphing the end of the episode throughout the the whole episode. I. I I wouldn't say I necessarily saw it coming, which I guess is kind of stupid, but in retrospect I'm like, "Oh yeah, the writing was on the wall." I was more just thinking, "How can Ezekiel promise that? How can he promise that?" You know, <laughs> cuz as soon as as soon as one person dies, then it's like, "Oh, whoops." Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now we got to walk that back a little, right? You know, it's 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 such a huge promise. Mm-hmm. It's not just we will win, mm-hmm. or like Rick's, even if we've lost, we've already won. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's better. That's better. Yeah. But Ezekiel is like, we're not. Nobody's going to die. No
1: one. Right. Which is why I think they were telegraphing it because yeah, how can you say that and then as a show, not kill anyone? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah. giving him exactly what he's promising. That doesn't seem to be. A, a I, think, formula.
0: I think the only reason I didn't just see it as completely unexpected when everyone got shot at the end was just because our group like languished for such a long time last season that I felt like they were trying to like oversell the this is our victory time
1: mm, you know okay gotcha when you when that blonde dude was like when it seemed like at the very end when he's talking to Ezekiel when that blonde dude was like I can't even remember what he said. Something like, I don't know, I'm go- I'm going to go over here and tie my shoes or whatever he said. Did you feel like at that moment, oh shoot, they're going to get it? Yeah. Moments yeah. before the sniper. At the
0: very end there. Yeah. It just seemed yeah. like, oh, they're really setting up a tragedy here. People are yeah. just too happy.
1: Yeah. And they're um, they're in this scene for too long because just as a as a TV show and, and developing a scene, you're not going to keep going in a scene where there's nothing happening. Yeah. You're literally just standing there, like, waiting. <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? Yeah. Yeah, they were they – were, I think they were talking about putting down the dead, you know, so that they wouldn't – Oh, that's zombies. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but whatever the case, things start out in the cold open and looking very good for – Ezekiel and Carol and company yeah and uh yeah and then after the intro we come to Morales and Rick we're back to them and uh Morales saw Rick kill the guy so that's one of the reasons why he's so convinced that Rick is a monster just like just like he is he says that we've been given instructions if possible not to kill you the widow or the king why why do you think that is
1: i, I honestly I have no idea <laughs> what do you what do you think
0: um, because the story requires that they stay alive yeah I mean, I'd agree. I think the three of them are the respective leaders of those communities. Yeah. so my guess is Negan just prefers to have the leaders alive because he feels you know like it's more satisfying to feel like he's gained control over them than to kill them. At this point it's getting a little ridiculous with Rick because there's been several times now that Rick has, you know, stepped out of line and Negan has kind of just let it go. Yeah. And now it's gotten to this point. You'd think that Negan would be like, "Okay, all right, I'm just going to try and kill him at this point." But 100%. But yeah. that would that would not uh appropriate for the show no
1: but do you think the writers are trying to foreshadow that one of those three is gonna die before the season
0: oh i didn't think of that but that could be yeah um i i kind of have a hard time picturing ezekiel making it through this season
1: yeah I'm trying to but think of I don't what they the can comics, do with so I don't know. Well, he has a romance with Michonne, but at They're this point. They not do that, though. Well, at this point, Carol's kind of taken on the Michonne character a little bit. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. So if he was to have a romance, it would be with Carol, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want that to happen? I don't really care. Uh <laughs> 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 um yeah i don't don't care yeah yeah
0: i guess i don't care that much either (laughs) i i don't i don't know if i really buy it
1: yeah like why is she not seeing through his his bs
0: well she does she
1: does but why why is that endearing to her i guess is the better question (laughs)
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem very carolish to be in into somebody like Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe they could sell it to me if they did it right. Yeah. So yeah, the, the Morales and Rick thing uh leaves off there. And then we have got the gunfight. Uh we see Eric and Aaron, which you talked about already. Mm-hmm. Um what do you think about that? I, I, yeah, I also agree that they haven't done a lot to really connect us to Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like Aaron a lot, and mm-hmm. I'm really glad he's alive and mm-hmm. that he's lasted as long as he has. Um, mm-hmm. I also think that the guy that plays him is a good actor. Yeah. Um, it's funny because. I'll skip ahead, but to the moment when Aaron finds out that Eric is a zombie, the guy who plays Aaron actually really sold me on that, like, his grief in that Hmm. moment. Like, I actually felt it a little bit with him, you know, because I thought he did a really good job. However, then I looked up online reviews, and somebody was specifically complaining about his acting in that. Um, Really? yeah saying that his face is totally dry, and that there's no tears on him, and when I watched it the second time, I noticed that both Aaron and Eric during the scene when they're by the tree, and you know later when Aaron is seeing Eric walk away, it is true their faces are completely and totally dry <laughs> in both of those situations and I wish I hadn't read that because I didn't notice it mm-hmm. um i was i was I was sold on the on the emotion just by the expression on his face and, you know, the way sure. that he delivered his lines and everything. So maybe, you know, somebody messed up and should have given him a couple, you know, tears.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, the Maggie grief when Glenn died was probably the... That... Her her emoting is just unreal. Uh, yeah. Laura Conan. So the... I don't know. It's a tall order to be on a tv show with uh needing to cry and things like that with her and your cast Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
0: but yeah i mean even so if that hadn't been pointed out to me i wouldn't have seen it and mm. i did think he did did a really good job i i think that the guy who plays aaron is probably a, a better actor than he even gets to show most of the time i agree uh, just Seeing him on Talking Dead a few times, Mm -hmm. like, he does incredible impressions. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he's really good. He's really, like, just quick on his feet Mm. and that sort of thing. And you get the sense that he's just a really talented person and that Uh a lot of the time his abilities just are underutilized Mm. in that position. But, uh, yeah. So, all that said, though, yeah, I didn't feel a lot for Eric and... It was, I mean, it was, it was sad that he died, but you know, it's, he's a minor character.
1: Sure. Yeah. In that yeah. scene, I did write down in my notes, why did Aaron yell Aaron when yelling for Eric? <laughs> because he did.
0: He did? The
1: first thing he says when he's trying to find Eric, because I had the subtitles on, was Aaron. And it said Aaron. <laughs> I think it's, I think the
0: subtitles are just wrong. No,
1: because I heard it, and then I rewound it, and I was like, wait, he literally just said Aaron.
0: Yeah, but when you're, when you're emotional, like, (laughs) you you might not, I'm not saying he said his name instead, I'm just saying that, like, your words don't come out as pronounced. Uh, I don't don't know.
1: It was pretty clear.
0: Eric and Aaron are very similar names.
1: Go look it up. Go watch that scene. (laughs) I challenge you. <laughs>
0: all right. Um So yeah, at that point it's not clear that Eric is going to die, but it seems pretty pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um then the next scene we have uh Tara and Jesus and Morgan walking with the prisoners of war who are all um like a chain gang or something, but they've with
1: ropes and um Jared is There's some horrible th- writing in this in this scene. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah, it just just is. I have a lot of thoughts about this.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I I did like this scene overall. I okay. mean I thought Jared is just inexplicably bold and horrible. Mm-hmm. But he reminds me of characters that you see all the time in like Stephen King movies and mm-hmm. books and that sort of thing who are just like completely reprehensible and just seem to revel in that. And mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, they're not really like people in real life, but the point is just for you to just loathe this guy, you know? Yeah, and, and they
1: do a a job at that for sure. Yeah,
0: and <clears throat> I did feel that way and – um and, you know, you're supposed to want Morgan to take him out and feel frustrated with Morgan that it doesn't happen.
1: Yeah. Tell yeah. me about it.
0: <clears throat> well, there's that so,
1: terrible scene, there, terrible line in the opening of the scene where Tara or this guy says to Tara, what did he say? Maggie's going to know what to do with them or something. And then she says... Yeah, she'll know what to do or something. It was just this like horrible, horribly written line. It was the first line of the episode or of the scene. It put a bad taste in my mouth. So everything coming up after it, I was scrutinizing. Hmm. Um, And I have some notes about it, but we'll get there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, Tara was just saying that Maggie experienced the... the Effects of the saviors in especially horrible way. So,
1: I think they could have done it better. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Like, I think that the way they wrote the dialogue and the way that they executed the scene was just below amateur.
0: Hmm. Okay,
1: you know, like like they started it with this guy out of nowhere mentioning something to prompt Tara to say that, and the way that she said it just seemed like this. Like CW kind of, I'm cutting you off and finishing your sentence because this is how it's written kind of thing. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just felt weird. Hmm. I didn't like it. <laughs> so it gave me a bad feeling for the rest of the scene. When it was happening, I was just like, ugh.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So, and the other part is Jesus and Morgan have a little conversation there. And-
1: mm-hmm.
0: Jesus says something about how we don't execute. You know, we kill if we have to, but we don't just put people down. We don't just execute them. Which is fair. Morgan just says, I do. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Which, again, just reminds us of the extremeness of his flip-flop mm-hmm. here. Um, and I, I just don't think that the death of Benjamin is sufficient to cause that. Mhm. I still don't think that. I still maintain that the worst episode of last season in an epi- in a season that had a lot of subpar episodes mm-hmm. was the one where he killed that guy and Benjamin died. Yeah. I hated that episode. Whenever I think back to that and the whole thing with like the the grocery carts and the mm-hmm. ugh, It just makes me upset. Mm -hmm. And weirdly, that was one that was higher rated than most of the episodes in that season.
1: Was it really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what what are the ratings for the show right now? Did you see?
0: Oh, yeah. So um, I looked up how the – and we're talking not about critical ratings but about actual numbers for how many people are watching. So the article I found is from Den of Geek. And it says, season 8 is off to a a rough start. Three weeks into the season, the show has seen notably low viewership numbers. Uh, Previous episode 3s, because this was written right after the last episode. Previous episode 3s have performed much more formidably. Even last year's Painful to Watch The Cell, which was basically an hour of Daryl eating dog food sandwiches and listening to that terrible Easy Street song. (laughs) Oh god. I also, rem- I also remember that episode is one of the most boring ones mm-hmm. Walking Dead has ever made. Mm-hmm. Um scored a seventy-six percent on the tomato meter, hmm. which seems unfairly high. Yeah, it does. Uh yeah, you can see the show's steady decline in terms of its fandom too. The Walking Dead's numbers haven't been this bad since season two. Monsters had 8.52 million viewers. The Cell had 11.72 million viewers.
1: Wow. pretty
0: substantial difference there. Yeah. And season six is episode three. So the previous season before The Cell, that was the episode Thank You, which I thought was an awesome episode. That was one of the last really great episodes of The Walking Dead. That was the one where they fake killed Glenn. Uh, oh, so yeah, much yeah. was going on in that episode. Mm-hmm. That one had 13.14 million viewers.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So over the last two years, uh, it's gone from 13.14 to 8.52. That's big deal. Which is probably deal. like a 40% decrease. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Um, the show's lowest third episode is from season one, which that's season one, you know, so, yeah. which was point. Oh seven million viewers
2: hmm.
0: and last year's season premiere which of course was highly anticipated because of that cliffhanger yeah. was 17.03 million viewers oh, wow. so hmm. yeah more than double mm-hmm. the number that watched and it fell off so fast after that premiere mm-hmm. yeah so yeah things aren't going particularly well. And this is interesting too. It says, the problem might not completely lie with the way the show is being written. AMC might also carry some of the blame for the way the show delivers its stories. According to Forbes, Walking Dead had a budget of $3.4 million per episode in season one, which was cut down in subsequent seasons to $2.75 million per episode. Oh, wow. While the show has risen in popularity over the years, AMC has never increased The Walking Dead's budget. Whoa. With with its ever-growing cast of characters, the show might be spreading itself incredibly too thin to produce quality episodes. That's especially interesting when you think, yeah, yeah of how big that cast is.
1: They always try to open or uh, bring in new characters for us to care about out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Too many.
0: Yeah. But it, it's interesting to me because I always think of these people as getting paid so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure they get paid well, but if every episode is 2.75 million and with all the, the like effects Mm -hmm. money that goes into all that stuff and in the whole crew and the production budget like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is not, this is not some situation where Andrew Lincoln is bringing home like a million an episode, like the cast of friends did back in the Mm nineties.
1: Not even a little. Yeah. You'd think that, Uh, The Walking Dead would be their flagship series that they would devote the most budget to.
0: Yeah, you would think so. And that may be a big reason why we saw them breaking up the story so much and not like...
1: That's true. Mm
0: -hmm. And just being slow to give us big action pieces. Mm
1: Interesting.
0: Interesting. So then we come back to Rick and Morales, mm-hmm. and I I liked this part because there was actually some kind of honest conversation where, like, names were dropped that they would both know, and there was a moment where Morales kind of showed that he could appreciate what Rick was saying when Rick said that, um, that Negan had bashed Glenn's head in, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, somebody that they both know in front of his wife Mm -hmm. like i love the way that rick said that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and i also love the way rick said are you negan too (laughs) that was a good one
1: that that was
0: good (laughs) um morales says yeah i'm negan to make it this far for this long i had to be um he claims that you know, if it was you holding the gun, I'd be dead already. Rick was like, no, i try to find another way. Which I,
1: I absolutely am there with Rick. I, yeah. The first thing I thought of my head, I was like, no, Rick would definitely be trying to make a way.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. But then Daryl shows up and shows...
1: Oh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Before we get there, Morales suggests that the saviors are actually saviors. When he's, he's sleeping in a shipping container, starving himself. to No, the way he put it was sleeping myself to death. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Not sure how you sleep yourself to death, but, um, the saviors found me and they told me that I would, they made me feel like I was of some importance and had something to offer. I don't, out of all of the saviors that we've seen, Negan And Simon are probably the only two characters that are actually charismatic and can make someone feel like they're worth something. Like I could see them playing that up, Mm -hmm. but for someone who, I don't know, I, I have no reason to believe that Morales was a bad character, like a bad guy that, you know, when his family died that he just sunk into, you know, um... Moral, moral depravity mm-hmm. um, I can't see him looking at the saviors and what they have to offer going to the saviors compound seeing how everything is run seeing the rape seeing the pillaging the killing all that kind of stuff and feeling like oh yeah they, they make me feel like I'm worth something and like I I have something to offer you know what I mean like that just doesn't when he said that I, I, I just couldn't figure out the logic there. Hmm. yeah, It didn't track for me.
0: I think maybe I just have a negative view of people. <laughs> it, it seemed believable to me that after losing his family and just feeling like life was pointless and like he wanted to die and everything's awful, that for someone to sweep in and then like be able to provide him with food and shelter and a sense of security um that he would be willing to tolerate and perhaps even enjoy some of the more depraved elements of that mm. i think people are pretty weak you know and and i say this as somebody that also has hope for people as well and for mm-hmm. the power for people to change and that sort of thing but i didn't find it totally unbelievable especially because we didn't even know that much about that guy
1: before. sure mhm Um, The way that he phrased it, though, made it sound like they were angelic creatures that were truly saving him. Like what they had to offer was glorious. You know, hmm. my life is different now that the saviors came into my life.
0: Well, I think that, though, that sort of attitude is typical of people in almost any gang. You know, they...
2: That's they not feel a bad, like it's yeah.
0: it's a place that they can belong. It's a place where sure. they can have a, a role to fulfill, and people, you know, they feel like they're part of some sort of brotherhood or whatever. But they usually do horrible stuff.
1: Yeah. No, that makes sense. Good point.
0: Um, I I did think though that there was sort of a level of animosity in Morales' voice that seemed unnecessary
1: like the actor was overplaying it yeah yeah for sure Mm -hmm. seems a little campy
0: right yeah so even though rick would try to find figure out a better way daryl isn't interested in figuring out a better way (laughs) so he just comes in and shoots him and uh rick rick of course, as we know, gives this expression to Daryl twice, which is a, a great look mm-hmm. on Auntie Lincoln's part of sort yeah. of just like...
1: <laughs> just total surprise and offense. Really? Yeah.
0: And yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Daryl, Rick is like, y- you know who that was? And Daryl is just like, yeah, I know who it was. Don't, don't matter. It doesn't matter one bit. Yeah, I know who that was.
1: Don't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you think about that?
0: I had I had mixed emotions. Right. One was just because I was kind of like, are you kidding me? You just bring this guy back after 8 <laughs> years. And he lasts for that long. <laughs> like, boy, we saved <laughs> we we saved this. We created this moment, you know, only to like immediately destroy it and make it come to nothing. Uh-huh. But I guess there it still has a point and it that is the point, you know, that Yeah after all this time, this guy comes back and, you know, somebody that used to be his comrade essentially just puts an arrow through his head. And, Mm -hmm. um, now the, you know, the question of whether or not Daryl should have done that, I will say, I don't think he should have done that. I understand that he did it and I don't think that it was inconsistent with his character. Um, so I'm not saying the show shouldn't have done it, but mm-hmm. I do think it's it's showing um, that Daryl is in a bit of a a dark place. A little bit. He's he's been there ever since. Um, what was the inciting incident? Since he was captured. Since he was captured, and when he killed that guy on the way out. Remember the the Savior, who just just yeah. kind of like, mm-hmm. look, I'm just a guy like you. You know, and then he just mm-hmm. bashed his head in, and yeah. and
1: then left. Um, yeah, because there has been times where Daryl's showed grace.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: and and, and, when, and he's been a catalyst for other people showing grace.
0: Yeah, and for Rick showing mm-hmm. grace, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, you know, Daryl Daryl actually reined Rick in when Rick was getting out of control in that sense, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and. So when you said that you thought the Daryl and Rick stuff was good, I know I'm skipping ahead a little because, of course, we have a similar incident like this that occurs again, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I think that one is even more shocking. Um, yeah, because that kid just seems so harmless at that point. I, mean, I I get that there was still you could you could still have fear uh, about him, but totally. He, he he just just the the way that he was presented and. The way he was just kind of like, oh, can can I go now? You know, and just for Daryl just to shoot him (laughs) after Rick had promised. um, Mm -hmm. It, uh, well, similar to pretending to surrender and then having your comrades lay waste to everybody. Like these sort of um, rules of honorable uh, warfare were being chucked aside Mm -hmm. by our group.
1: I think, I I don't think that it's them though that are... Abandoning these ethical rules. I think it's mainly because the of what the saviors have done. The saviors has set a precedent for them that tells them, okay, they're they're not gonna play by these rules. We're not going to either. We're gonna win by any means necessary because people's lives are at stake. You know, we want to come out of this mm-hmm. with a new world, you know. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of how I see it. Um, so my takeaway from the Daryl thing, first of all, when it just happened, much like you, I was thrown back and I couldn't believe that he had done it. I remember myself being like, did he just really kill him? Mm -hmm. But then I realized that like, why do I care? He really is just another savior. Um, to Daryl, he's just, You know, someone from a different time, and and this is war, so he's got he's got a gun on Rick. We need to get out of here. Got to kill him. So he did, and that made sense. And I'm not, I'm honestly not upset with Daryl for doing that, and I understand why he did it. Like you, I think it's consistent with his character. And honestly, though I might have a a different moral standpoint than Daryl in this circumstance. Even if I was Rick, mm-hmm. I think I would still give it a pass because of the, the climate of the whole situation. It's war. We're trying to win, you know, and, uh, and I had written down if I could, if I could read really quick what I had written, a big problem with this show is is made obvious in this episode the most. We see the nuances and subtleties with Daryl and Rick's struggle for morality, but that's juxtaposed against really heavy-handed moralizing with all the other characters. Daryl is sick of the saviors taking ground over them, so he shoots Morales, and then you see Rick express some remorse as he walks away. But Rick and Daryl never go into an exposition quest. You know, they just... It just is what it is. And I thought the the acting and directing in this scene particularly, and, and a lot of the uh, scenes with Daryl and Rick the past episodes, have been brilliant because it's been subtle. It's been um mm. mainly expressions that tell the story between them two. And you see the you see the actual moral. Struggle with Rick and with Daryl. Daryl goes and looks looks into the cellar, or in, not into the cellar, into the cell, and sees the handcuff. He's, he, he's reminded of being imprisoned. Mm-hmm. You see this, but it's not bashed over your head, you know. Um, and then you see Rick when in the last episode when he kills that guy and he looks at himself in the mirror and he starts, um, uh, breaking down. Mm-hmm. You see him go on this journey exploring these emotions and then you see the two of them come together and you and express the difference and beliefs mm-hmm. right in front of your eyes without saying a word about it you know where they both stand and you know that there's a discomfort but there's still uh um it's clear but it's not again it's not bashed over your head with exposition unlike more jesus and mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. um Uh, Tara and Jesus and Morgan and Ezekiel and Carol, you know, all those different characters. They're really like Mm -hmm. belaboring these themes, not in a subtle way like they did with Rick and Daryl. And in fact, with Jesus and Morgan, it's coming across in this very uh, season six and seven walking dead dialogue that I actually want to get to in a little bit, just very fragmented. Yeah kind of stuff that we had talked about last year
0: i thought it was really good also because it's been a long time since there's really been any kind of conflict between rick and daryl yeah and i think that there's a storm brewing here
1: yeah i mean daryl usurps rick's word
0: right right
1: that's a big deal
0: yeah yeah
1: he had unabashedly follows rick Mm -hmm. you know to the ends of the earth the fact that he did that It's kind of saying that Rick, you're, I don't know.
0: Right. Yeah. So I'm interested for them to explore that more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I, I hope, and I certainly don't expect that it's going to become like this major breach in their relationship. But I, I think that Oh God, I hope not. I think that it could get significantly more tense than it has been already. And, uh, it could be interesting.
1: And it could really strengthen their character dynamic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It could get really interesting with Daryl.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, he hasn't
1: really done anything lately. I know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I was thinking that too. Like, yeah, he's, he's, hasn't been a, a he's always a presence, but he just hasn't had a lot mm-hmm. to do lately. We're back to the prisoners of war. And uh, this is where Jared really gives Morgan a hard time where he's talking about how his armor is different because apparently he's wearing Benjamin's armor and uh, didn't do anything for the kids. So it's not going to do anything for you. So dumb. And
1: I also don't understand why he's wearing the kids armor. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's a good point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, then Morgan's decided he's had enough and uh and at right at that moment uh zombies start rolling downhill.
2: Mm.
1: Before we get there, the conversation between him and Jesus, was it in the scene before that? Yes. Okay, I I had thought that we were coming to it. That I was going to bring it up then, but there's a line of dialogue. This is what I was saying earlier. Jesus says, "We're not far from the hilltop." That is far from somewhere else though, I guess. <laughs> is that like saying it's five o'clock somewhere might as well drink now <laughs> like what it's just a. i don't know it seems very arbitrary um and then he says nothing is permanent except impermanence
0: yeah really
1: <laughs> this is the same stuff that we had seen last year that i i was hoping that they would get away from not here because morgan says some other stuff yeah Yeah, i know right
0: yeah we're coming to that yeah 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 i agree with you about that i i noticed that i don't know why i didn't make a note about it but yeah i thought the same thing Mm -hmm. what is this this dialogue this is not the way
1: people talk no it's like the junkyard people just a little bit more uh developed
0: but hey let's be thankful that we haven't seen the junkyard people
1: oh god yeah For real. Yeah. Yeah. My mom actually asked me, she was like, are the junkyard people in this? I was like, no, you could watch it. You're good. (laughs) So, yeah, walkers start
0: rolling down the hill. And can I just say I was pleased to see Jared look a little
1: worried? (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't be worried seeing walkers fall down the hill. They'd be breaking limbs and unable to stand. (laughs) You know, (laughs) they're, they're, (laughs) they're like gelatinous blobs at this point. Right. I don't know how they're able to bite people anymore. Like, how can they really break skin? Right. I feel like if they were to try to bite, it would just like their jaw would fall off (laughs) and then they bite into a skull. That's impressive.
0: Yes. Yeah. Let's not talk about that because that's something that's been ridiculous about The Walking Dead since the very beginning. (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) it's just okay just in case anybody's wondering the whole zombie thing makes no sense yeah we're just
1: acknowledging the absurdity
0: yeah yeah. and it's just it's also ridiculous that like you know if you get touched by a zombie anywhere it's not a big deal except if their mouth gets you yeah yeah then you're done (laughs) yeah okay so uh, some of the prisoners of war run. Morgan goes after them, and <laughs>
1: they have herpes. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, <I'm> just... <laughs> you talking about the zombies?
1: Zombified herpes. Yeah, that's the only way that you can contract the zombie virus is is orally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Okay. let's keep right. going. So uh, Morgan kills one of the guys. In that chain. But of course it's not Jared. But to be fair. I watched it again. The guy was in front of Jared. Was he really? He was yeah. Um, and right as. Morgan is about to fire another shot. Jesus. Knocks. And you know what there was something about that whole moment. That reminded me of when you're having a dream. And you're trying to like do something simple. But you're like stuck <laughs> in quicksand.
1: Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> wow, that's that's accurate.
0: <laughs> so then, uh, then Jesus and Morgan start to um, have a kung fu fight. Yep. And Jesus I was is kung fu fighting. I was annoyed that it cut off for a commercial break right as that started to happen.
1: I was like, no. Yeah, should they like come together? Just
0: do it now. <laughs>
1: Like that Thor and Hulk moment in the trailer? Yes. Thor Ragnarok? Yes.
0: Or like yeah. Jack and Locke in the last episode of Lost. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and then we're back to... uh oh, 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 no, no, no. What I wanted to say about this fight is mm-hmm. it's really weird. Not that I didn't enjoy it. Like, it was fun to watch the two of them fight, in my opinion. But mm-hmm. the weird thing about it was it was basically a more choreographed version of the Carol and Morgan fight that happened a couple seasons ago, except they have reverse positions now.
1: Like I can't even remember
0: it. Do you remember more like Morgan and Carol got in a fight because I-, I can't remember exactly the circumstances, but I do remember a big moment involved care, like Morgan basically body slamming Carol. And
1: what? how do I not remember this?
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Cuz Carol was try- Carol was Carol said I will kill you. Like if I have to.
1: Oh, I remember that. And
0: mm-hmm. I think it had to do with the wolf. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, wolf yeah, prisoner. yeah, yeah. And Morgan yeah, yeah. was trying to keep him alive and Morgan mm-hmm. was trying and uh, Carol was in the to
1: cell. Him. Yes. In the basement. Yeah. 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 Um and just that was an awesome scene.
0: The fact that now Morgan would be fighting would be in Carol's position. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be okay if it just felt like it made more sense than it does, but it still feels forced. I just,
1: yeah, no, you're right.
0: Don't understand what is what has caused such a sharp change in Morgan. Morgan was still being Morganish last season. Even mm-hmm. it wasn't until benjamin's death that there was that shift yeah and i get that benjamin's death would be significant for morgan but that significant seems hard to yeah understand
1: i was still getting used to morgan actually killing someone last episode when he killed one of those guards yeah you know
0: yeah i mean maybe morgan has to be morganish otherwise he just turns into a total psycho there's just no in between. Well, that,
1: I mean, that's, I think that's, that's what they're trying to say is like he's, he's incapable. I think most of the people in this show are incapable of being gray,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which is irritating. Um, either you're struggling with deep, deep evil or you're struggling with deep, deep good. You know, you can't just do something like what Daryl did. Just kill someone in combat and then walk away from it feeling not ashamed. You know, like this is war. We're killing. There's a reason for this. Let's move on. You know, there has to be this struggle for some reason with Jesus and uh, Morgan.
0: Hmm. Um. I mean, I think I said this in the last podcast, but again, I'm okay with the moral dilemma itself being presented in dramatic form by the show. I just wish that I believed the characters more uh, Mm -hmm. who were advocating for the different sides and that it didn't just seem out of nowhere, like with Jesus. It It didn't just seem out of nowhere? Mm -hmm. It seemed out of nowhere for Jesus to be advocating the position he's advocating Mm -hmm. and to the extreme which he is advocating it. And it seems like Morgan also has just done such an about face. Um, Mm -hmm. So,
1: uh, yeah, it's the, it's the, it's truly is the extreme positions that they'll take. They'll go from one extreme to another. There's no middle ground. mm -hmm. It's like the pendulum's always swinging. Mm -hmm. They can't get it centered, which I feel like if they got it centered, even to this point Rick is still battling the moral dilemma. Like battle the moral dilemma but battle it with a little bit more nuance. Real well, more real little bit more realism. I think I think Rick's battling it No, with Rick nuance. Rick is. Yeah. Rick's getting to a place where that's that is true. But I think for the rest of the cast as well. Like people just need it it should feel deeper. Mm-hmm. If it, it should feel more like like there really is a struggle, not that these people are going, are all extremists. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the Jesus
0: Morgan fight ends, but Jesus says, is it over Morgan? And there's this moment where Morgan like goes to attack Jesus and Jesus isn't attacking back and he holds his staff like an inch away from his throat. And mm-hmm. both times that I watched that, I was like, wow, that looks like it must have been pretty scary Scary if you were the guy who plays Jesus because the staff yeah. is – if if they messed up, you know, you would
1: – I think it was CG. Maybe it was, yeah. Like they probably had half of the staff and just CG'd the rest of it.
0: Yeah, that would make sense. It was pretty believable mm-hmm. though, the way it looked. Oh, worked.
1: yeah. I thought he killed Jesus mm-hmm. when he did it. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought that was – yeah, I thought he was I thought Jesus was dead.
0: Wow. Well that's good. Even but...
1: even when it did yeah, even when it did the close-up mm-hmm. and Jesus was still there, I thought it was impaled for it. Like I for a moment I was like, did he really? Mm-hmm. Did he actually kill him? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now here's a question. Do you wish he had? Do you think that would have been more interesting? No. Okay.
1: I don't see that's the thing with T V shows a lot of the times. I think they go to that because I feel like They assume the viewer needs people to die in order to be interested. Mm. I don't need that. I just need a good story, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. No, I'm not saying, like, the death itself needs to be there to be interesting. But it certainly would show the extreme of Morgan's, you know, behavior.
1: But we've seen that. We've seen that already, you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So then Morgan has a line and I'm wondering if you feel this way that you did the same way about this as you did about the earlier dialogue there, but he says, I'm not right, but that doesn't make me wrong.
1: (laughs) Well, I feel, so there are other lines that he says in this scene and Jesus says in this scene that made me feel like I did earlier about all the fragmented dialogue. Um, However, this line in particular did not rub me the wrong way after I had thought about it. Mm -hmm. At first I was like, Oh God. (laughs) But, (laughs) but when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? That's actually kind of smart because there is a duality to what he's saying. And if you're really thinking about it, he can be self-aware enough to be like, I'm crazy. And I might even be right. And if so basically when when he
0: says I'm not right, you're saying he's saying like I'm not right in the head, that kind of thing?
1: I think he's saying both and. Okay. I'm not right in the head or I'm also – maybe I'm not right but I'm also not wrong, which implies that there's a gray area, mm-hmm. which I'm on board for. If they're, if they're going to explore the gray, sign me up because so far in the show, we've only been exploring the black and white. Which isn't that interesting anymore, you know,
0: I mean, I would disagree with that, though, that that's usually the way it's framed on the show i I think there's a lot of gray. I mean, I think the characters that we root for do horrible things, and we still keep rooting for them because we we think that that there's gray given the situation that they're in.
1: Well, a lot of the times I think they do gray things. But they struggle with the black and white qualities of it rather than the gray quality. So let's say, for instance, um, Rick kills someone, you know, in uh, – like when he bit that guy's neck out mm-hmm. in season four or three or whatever it was. Um The battling the gray would be battling like, yeah, that might, that might've been, well, I guess, yeah, he did battle the gray in that moment too. He was, he was okay. He did it because he was saving his son. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of other examples where they've done something so terrible, but didn't really battle the black and white aspect of it and rather battled the the gray. It's just the sense I get, you know?
0: I mean, even, even a character like Merle Mm -hmm. on this show was occasionally shown to have redeeming qualities and, and he was awful, you know, Mm -hmm. but he still went out doing something that was actually not just completely Mm self-oriented. I don't know. So I think that Walking Dead actually has done a lot, um,
1: it has had a lot of moral ambiguity in it. Sometimes to maybe a point, it's more lately.
0: Yeah, sometimes to a point that, that, that makes me uncomfortable, to be honest.
1: But okay. um, which is good. I think that's a good thing. I think <clears throat> when the viewer is like, "Ugh, I'm not. That's not sitting well with me." Then it shows like a true struggle. Mm-hmm. You know. When it's so extreme, like these black and white issues between Terra and Jesus and stuff like that, then I don't know. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's more lately with the whole Negan storyline.
0: Well, speaking of a lack of moral ambiguity, the next scene is Gregory coming to the hilltop and wanting, demanding to be let in.
1: I thought this scene was amazing.
0: I love this scene. Yeah, it was
1: so hilarious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, The Walking Dead doesn't have a lot of comedy in it, and sometimes I think when it does, especially lately, it feels kind of cartoony. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> I really liked this a lot. Um, there were there were multiple moments that I laughed. Oh yeah. And there was one line that I don't know if I was supposed to know what they were talking about. I kind of hope I wasn't supposed to know what they were talking about cuz it made it more random and funny, but yeah. There was like that moment where uh, Maggie was talking about what Cal said and then he was like Cal is delusional and then yeah. Cal pops out and he's like, "What the hell?" And he says something about Gregory eating a little girl's pancakes. <laughs> Right, and then Gregory is like I did not eat those pancakes <laughs> now was that something from an earlier episode that I don't remember I don't think or- so
1: because I didn't remember either but I was laughing so hard <laughs> 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 the delivery and the banter between all of them was yeah. so good Yeah, <laughs> it was brilliant it was that kind of stuff makes me want to keep Gregory around I
0: know yeah which is impressive, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah, last... I would
1: want him dead more than anyone. Probably <laughs> right. more than Negan. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, so that pancakes line was hilarious. And then he starts begging, and he's like, Have you no mercy? Please open the gate. Open your heart. Don't leave another human being out here to die.
1: while he's crying right
0: i also love the way maggie was like where's gabriel that's his car where's gabriel yeah i don't know i just found that car
1: (laughs) clearly lying right and then he backtracks doesn't he doesn't he like come back from that and say something like um uh He was there when I left him or something.
0: Yeah, I can't remember
1: exactly. He said something that backtracked what he said. And if I was Maggie, I'd be like, you 100% left him there to die.
0: And then I thought it was pretty brilliant. And I would say this is a good example in the episode of kind of showing moral ambiguity. And Mm -hmm. that Maggie lets Gregory in. And then after Gregory has just finished this whole like, open your heart, don't leave another human being to die, As immediately after he gets in, all the prisoners of war show, is, show up and he's like, do not let them in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just the way Maggie is like, Gregory, like, yeah. <laughs> go
1: away. It's like her, his mom. Yeah. <laughs> sheepishly walking away. Okay. <laughs> yeah yeah that that was that was amazing yeah although although <laughs> the fact that she didn't just kill him again like you, there's no reason for you to not kill him like if i was her in a post-apocalyptic world where you know killing is something that i do on the daily i would kill him i i i honestly i feel like you know this is completely uh, um, yeah, there's no way for me to really tell. But if I was <laughs> <laughs> if I was her, I'd like to think that I would kill him right then and there because he's shown himself um, to be uh, diabolical and betray them over and over and over again. There's no reason not to believe that he wouldn't gain Intel and bring it over to Negan mm-hmm. the moment that he gets the chance. And that that would be that would be my number one fear is Gregory. You know, I know I know he's not gonna kill anyone. I know in this compound he's gonna stay to himself or he's yeah, he's gonna butt into people's business, but he's not gonna kill anyone. That's not his way. But what he will do is bring information to people that will kill him. You know?
0: Well I think that what Gregory says is strange true that he just he wants to be on whatever side he thinks can win yeah i mean he basically said that to maggie and yeah I, no I, think, I i get that i think he is fairly convinced at this point that maggie's side is stronger than the saviors mm-hmm. and he he doesn't really have uh, much hope of being with the Saviors, I think, and after what happened, the way things played out there, and Simon just like threw him off the platform. I don't know. He's he he has no value to the Saviors at this point. So, yeah. and I I don't know if I would have bought it if Maggie just shot him because I I don't think that's the kind of person that maggie's been throughout the series i mean i think Ma- maggie will point a gun and shoot somebody if it's in like a co- in a conflict situation hundred percent but yeah right as as far as um shooting somebody that she knows like that who isn't actually attacking or anything like that i it's, it would have seemed out of character to me if she just did what daryl did
1: that's fair i i think maybe i just wanted to see it the most
0: Right. yeah i i think that she
1: considered it or just i do leave him there right right you know there's no reason to bring him in like you don't want to kill him sure just leave him out there but
0: yeah i i was considering that possibility as we were talking about it and i think if she left him out there then he would have nothing that he could do at that point except go back to the saviors and then he, he he if they did um, if he wanted to in- ingratiate himself to them, he could just continue to offer whatever intel he had, as you said. So,
1: I think. But does he have any value in valuable intel?
0: I don't know, but I I think that Gregory is probably more of a threat to them outside those walls than in. Obviously, That's a good point. obviously, the least threat he is to them is if he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I still think that Maggie couldn't quite bring him, herself to just shoot someone in cold blood like that.
1: Um. Understandable. Yeah. No, I, I don't think she would do it. I don't. I don't think she would do it without, you know, uh, having an issue with it. But I do wish she did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever the case, it was an entertaining scene. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a good one. It was fun. Then we we cut to Rick and Daryl, and once again, Rick has his Polaroid. Yeah, I.
1: This is actually striking me as as uh, kind of brilliant because is he like okay? Is he making some sort of uh? catalog of threats for the saviors in order to hang over them like the the lower tier saviors in order to show them that that we have the numbers and we could take over you and and you know come join us in order to to stay alive or is he like cataloging historical information i don't know no idea you know like in a war isn't there, isn't there such, such thing as like, um, journalists of war or, I don't know, people that go into war. I remember in, in Batman v Superman, Lois, <laughs> Lois Lane was, uh, went to a terrorist outpost or whatever. And, and she was, she was there threatened under death, but she was there to, to journal what was going on. Um, you know, if he's doing that kind of thing, that's actually kind of cool.
2: Hmm.
0: I am pretty doubtful that now that I think about it, that it's for historical purposes. I think he more just knows this is the sort of thing that the saviors do is they take these pictures of their victims. And
1: that's less cool.
0: It seems that it's kind of like a a way to rub it in their faces. But he did. Did you see him writing down on paper? That's true. Yeah, I don't know what that was about.
1: That's what I was like when he was had the camera out and then he started writing on paper. I don't know. It It seemed kind of... Because uh, it seems so weird that he would take a picture of Negan while he's huddled behind debris. That's not what the saviors do. They don't take pictures of like... Their... Hopefully
0: it's going to pay off in some way. Rick's making a beautiful collage, (laughs) a nice big mural,
1: yeah, of
0: all of the death and destruction. I I just had to laugh because it reminded me of how big that Polaroid is, right? And unwieldy and like completely impractical for carrying around, (laughs) and that he just magically produced it. Yeah, in the first episode. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, so next big moment is after Aaron recognizes that Eric has turned into a zombie and um, grieves that. Um, Rick brings baby Gracie out mm-hmm. from last episode and Aaron offers to take her to the hilltop. So.
1: Think he has any applesauce?
0: <laughs> hey. Any applesauce he left over? Yeah. He's not eating it.
1: So <laughs> I was going to say, at this point, he might just be eating so much of it. <laughs> just wow, Ricky really turned me on to this applesauce. Because <laughs> didn't he have like a phobia? Is that what
0: it was? Yeah. Something about how like his grandma used to force him to eat it. And right. He hated it. It wasn't a phobia. It was just, yeah. Food really disdain. Like, it. Mm-hmm. like you with cauliflower. <laughs> yeah
1: hate that stuff
0: (laughs) if you were in that situation and somebody (laughs) demanded that you eat cauliflower to prove that it wasn't like you know some trap to kill them would you do it
1: i'd probably kill gregory before i did it
0: (laughs) but gregory's not there this has (laughs) nothing to do with gregory
1: i would just want to kill gregory (laughs) can you bring me to gregory (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay um so i predicted last episode that that baby was that would not be the last we saw of that baby yeah and that rick would do something to make sure that the baby was safe so it looks like aaron's gonna end up playing dad to that baby
1: which i'm i'm totally okay with i love aaron mm-hmm. that gives him yeah. more to do yeah um And I like him when he's in kind of the caregiver uh, mentoring position in the show, kind of like he was with Daryl at one point. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing I noticed in the scene, though, that struck me was Rick just passed off the baby and didn't say anything about Eric. Hmm. He had to have known that Eric died. Because at this point, everyone was kind of already there. They had regrouped. Eric's clearly not there. It would stand to reason that he would already know that Eric's dead. But he kind of backed away like he didn't know what to say and just didn't even say thank you about the baby. Just like, you know. Well. Oh, and then he said Eric and I are going, we're going to go back to the hilltop.
0: We were going to, yeah.
1: yeah. So but that, now he's that not here. So,
0: communicated that Rick knew. I think yeah. that if that suggests that Rick found out earlier off screen, because right, you would expect him to say Eric was going to come back for it with me, but he's dead. You know.
1: But. Yeah, but de- I don't know if I was Rick, I would still even be like, I'm really sorry about that.
0: Well, maybe he did already off screen. I but I hear, I hear, I hear what screen. you're saying is that it would have been nice to have it on screen.
1: It really, it would have brought a uh, more humanizing moment for Rick because right. we we've seen him kind of uh, sullen, yeah, for a while.
0: I did like the way Rick was like. Her name is Gracie. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, me too. You know, yeah, preserving that, right? Yeah.
0: So, um. Yeah. Then we had the incident with the young savior that we already talked about where the second time that Daryl shoots someone unexpectedly and Mm -hmm. Rick gave him the eye. Yep. The eyes like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Did not expect that. I thought that Um, was great
1: and powerful. Yeah. That was a good
0: scene. It was a really good scene and it, and it put just a little bit of conflict between Daryl and Rick in a believable way. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I hope that, they they pursue that a little bit more. And then we already talked about the last scene mm-hmm. where uh, Ezekiel says everyone is accounted for, or he's told everyone's accounted for, mm-hmm. not one of our ranks, not one of our ranks, big smile, then everyone starts dying.
1: hmm So. Any final thoughts?
0: Yeah, the only one I had down here I, I had already said, which is that this episode was engaging enough to me that I never got upset that I didn't see Negan or Gabriel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and so that to me is honestly one of the best indicators that it was a good episode uh, because, yeah, like I said, going into it, I was wanting to see that. And I just th- – whatever was going on was interesting enough to me that I didn't care.
1: Good, not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I had – any final thoughts? I think I've said everything that I needed to say, or I'd, mm-hmm. I'd been thinking. Yeah,
0: so you want to give a numerical value?
1: Yeah, I do. Your last
0: two have been fives. I think my the first one I gave a five, and the second one I gave a six.
1: I think I gave this the the first one of five and a half, right?
0: You gave the first one a five, and the second one a five and a half. And a half. I
1: think. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, I am going to give this one a six and the reason why is because the Rick stuff and the Daryl stuff are the strongest qualities to this episode. That stuff in and of itself, uh, was enough for me to stay engaged. A lot of the other stuff felt contrived. The Maggie and Gregory stuff had me laughing so hard, but the entire sequence with Jesus and Morgan and Tara and all that. And the fact that during the process of the fight, it seems like everyone had left. Did they run away or (laughs) I don't know. I mean, (laughs) evidently they're at, at the hilltop now, but um, all that stuff just seems so out of place and, and disorderly and, and the, well, they were
0: all there, but nobody wanted to get in the middle of a battle between those two titans.
1: But the um, but the other people, the the prisoners, were gone by the very end. They showed a wide shot of the of the woods, and no one was there except for them.
0: No, they, I'm pretty sure when Morgan started to walk away, because he was like, "I can't be part of this." He walked past the prisoners on his on his way. Uh, I'm sure,
1: really? I, I thought think so. I remember being kind of weirded out by that, that wondering why everyone was gone, but you know, I could be totally be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Ezekiel and Carol, obviously Carol kills it every time. Um, even with a little bit that she was doing was, was great. But the, the Ezekiel stuff, I thought that it could have been edited a lot better so that we don't, we, I wouldn't see it coming at the end. I thought that was cheapening it a little bit. So with all the bad stuff, I have to. It's it's getting knocked down from a seven to a six. Okay. Because I think I think they could do a lot better, and I'm trying to give it room to grow this season. Give me a nice nine episode uh, rating this okay. this uh, season. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm going to be a little bit more generous. Okay. I think I'm going to give it a seven point five. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I just – I felt engaged and I think a lot of the things that you were annoyed with, I was as well. But it, they didn't bother me as much as okay. they bothered you. And mm-hmm. uh, and I, I still think that a 7.5 gives quite a bit of room for the show to grow. Um, so – and it's – I mean since we've been podcasting, I've never given higher than an 8. Yeah. And that was just once. Mhm. So, and even with an 8, there's still room to grow, a mm-hmm. lot of room. So, yeah, I think it's about a 7.5, which for me that number is good, not great. Um and uh yeah. And I I am more hopeful now for this season actually after that episode.
1: Okay. I Well, that's good.
0: Yeah. It, it's rare that a season starts weak and then gets better. <laughs> But yeah. so far, that has been, the, I think, the general progression. So. For
1: this season, yeah. For this season, yeah. Um, I'm not necessarily hopeful that it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. I want it to get better. I'm not sure if I believe that it will. Mm-hmm. God, I hope so, though. <laughs> All right. I don't want to have to pay for this $50 season pass for nothing. <laughs>
0: yeah well like i said they just gotta start setting up for season nine
1: space station right oh man that's gonna be so good (laughs) (laughs) all right that's all i got all right me too signing off over and out